Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 305. And away we go. Welcome to another episode of A Shot of Wrestling. I'm your host at Mike Putty. Normally we record the show Friday evenings, right after SmackDown. But not this week. We're coming to you live to tape. Saturday night, right after Money in the Bank. There was no way we could do a show Friday night, miss Money in the Bank, and wait a whole week to talk about it. So we just pushed back the show 24 hours. And I'm glad we did, because that was a great show. We'll get more into that very soon. But quickly, I just want to give you guys a PSA here, a little heads up. I've never been to brand names. I'm not a brand name guy, right? I get what's either in my size or what I can afford. So last year, I don't know if I mentioned this, but last year I wanted to get, for some weird reason, I wanted to get AirPods for my iPhone. Never wanted them before because I knew it was a waste of money. I've seen people on the street, they look like, they seem like, for some reason, they seem douchey. Walking around with those little things in your ear. It seemed like a huge douchebag move. Never wanted them. But then I went to the city one time, and it was kind of annoying with the cord and the earphones and wrapping them up and then unwrapping them on the way home, which is what happened to me when I went to the city to get my first shot of the vaccine. So I'm like, let me try getting AirPods just to save me the hassle of putting it in my pocket, unwrapping it. Then when you take it out of your pocket, you got to un... Most of the time, they're knotted up for some weird reason. So I looked into them, and they're like 120-something bucks. 200 something bucks for the really fancy high-end ones fuck that i just in the pit of my stomach felt like there was no need to spend 120 dollars on these two little plastic things that aren't connected to any cord they go into little little base what if i lose one what if they break like same thing with sunglasses i'm not somebody who needs to spend like an exorbitant amount of money on sunglasses for the same fucking reason so i found the pair like $25. Boom, bought them. They're perfect. They showed you a little chart of what they do compared to other versions, and they do what the $200 version of AirPods do. So I bought them. They were great. Fantastic. I highly recommend them. So I'm leaving a friend's house, and I put them in my ear, and they drop to the floor. I'm six foot six. They drop all the way down, and they break. Ah, fuck. I gotta buy a new pair. So I bought a new pair. Cheaper. 20 bucks. Even better than the original pair. So now all of a sudden, people at work are leaving their things in their ear. I'm like, fuck that. I'm going to start doing that too. So I did that. What happened last weekend? I forgot it at work. <sighs> now I don't want to go the whole weekend without listening to music. So what I do is I hop on Amazon to buy yet again another pair. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring this story up. And I'm sure it's a long-winded story. But I bought a pair for $9.99. The base feels cheaply made. It's pretty weak. But they're freaking fantastic. Great stereo, HD quality sound, much better than the $20, $30 pair I bought. I'm loving this $10 pair of ear pods. Oh, man. Check out Amazon.com. 
has everything. So if you guys want to invest in a pair of earpods, gladly do it. But if you're like me and are hesitant to do it, there is a $10 pair on Amazon I highly recommend. Rant over. Before we get into Money in the Bank, I know most of you are here for our special guest interview this week. This is a woman me and my former co-host met during our commentary days, the good old days and the before times. She started out as a valet, and the next thing I know, she's in the ring, killing it. This woman quickly climbed the ranks, not only in that promotion to win their woman, their first ever women's champion, but in other promotions. Her name was all over the place. She got sidelined with an injury, but now she's back. She sits down for this exclusive interview. The vivacious one. Vicious. Vicky. What is up, everyone? It is me, your favorite actor, the Hollywood assassin, Mark Swan, invading shot of wrestling once again for Hollywood's Corner with a dear friend of mine, I would like to say. Uh, guys, you may know her around the indies. She's been a guest and busted open radio as well. Uh, she's also, I think, the record holder for longest winning wrestling fashion. Uh, guys, give it up for Vicious Vicky. Nice. What's up, my friend? What's up, dude? I'm good. How are you? Nice introduction. I'll take it. You'll take it? Well All done. right, good. Well done. Good. And I should say, like, you know, you've won multiple championships. I mean, that can't be disregarded, too. But those that know you, they definitely know that. Uh, Hell yeah. Vicky, what's been going on? I feel like it's been a bit. I know, dude, it has. Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of just been, like, getting back in the swing of everything. So came back from a little minor injury, just trying to find my way again and reclaim all my freaking belts back. Right. I right. Got this hit list out, right? It's a hit list where I have everybody who took my titles away from me are on it mm -hmm. and i'm kind of on this like conquest to get them all back so we shall see we shall see we shall see indeed uh, yeah it's <laughs> quite the list actually uh <laughs> t t tell me about that i mean like who i mean who in your eyes is number one did you rank it like in like that order or did which is just uh kind like, of so i kind of i put riley shepherd first because i feel like I mean, we have our yeah, <laughs> we have our little feud, but also um, the Goddesses of War title was one of the first ones I lost. So that's the first one I got to get back, you know, so kind of kind of structured it in my head that way. Yeah. Was it built based on the rivalries that you had before you were facing your opponent or is it based on like the um, what the championship meant to you? It's more so just based on like the opponent and like the person. Mm. You know, and like that said company and what they what they represent. Um, for me, it's like, listen, I'm I'm one of those that's like, I am so hungry for things. And I had all this momentum, all this momentum, this crazy momentum. And then all of a sudden, we just done, halted, stopped. And um, there's a little bit of like revenge in me. You know, Vicious Vicky's got a little bit of revenge. She wants what's hers back. So there's really no like set thing it's just i think it's like an order of like what i lost how i lost them vicious vicky wanting a revenge no that can't be right you got the wrong girl <laughs> it ain't me <laughs> so yeah you suffered an injury tell me a little bit about what happened because the last time i saw you was bcw queen of the north three where yes. you did commentary excellent job by the way Thank you. uh it, it, it sucked seeing you not perform because i i love watching you perform i think you're fantastic at what you do in the ring uh so tell me what happened there like what what was the injury and um uh, and how did you how was the recovery process for you like mentally yeah so um so then it was my knee um i thought it was like kaput i really did i was 
totally believed that like I was going to be out for the year. Um, just because was, this was your so first good. injury that you're missing time, right? Yeah. 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 Hell yeah. yeah. So, um, I thought I was going to be out for like ever. And I, cause of the way it hurt so bad, I went and got all these different tests and MRIs and x-rays and everything and nothing. And I'm like, what? I'm like, so what is the explanation for the feeling? And they said it was some sort of over usage of your need. Women get it. Women athletes, whatever. I'm like, okay, great. So as long as I oh, didn't wow. care. Anything, yeah. Um, but you know, to have that even three months off and then you have to kind of come back and just like prove yourself and reclaim everything. It's just, it's, it's a task, you know, but it's, it's not that it's not hard. It's just mentally it was, um, you even though it wasn't so long, you still feel like you missed out on stuff. You know, it's, I mean, it's three hard, months, hard three months can feel like a lifetime though, especially yeah. when you're as active as you are. I mean, you're, you're competing pretty much every yep. single weekend, sometimes multiple times a weekend, Yeah, you know? Yeah. So like that, that, that could feel like a lifetime. And then, you know, as an athlete, you know, you're wondering, is someone else taking my spot, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I'm sure yep. all these things are going through your mind. Oh yeah. hundred percent. And it was hard to watch certain things, but I'm like, you know what? I'm very optimistic. I'm like, Hey, I know my truth. I know, you know, where I stand in wrestling and it's like, I'll give it that shot still. And I'm definitely a lot stronger than I was before I went out. So that's good too. So there's a lot of good that came of it for sure. You know, I, I, I am a firm believer that everything does happen for a reason. So if this was a way for you to come back stronger, then, then so be it. How does it feel now? The knee and the, yeah, everything's good. good. Yeah. Everything's, everything's on the up and up. Everything's good healthy. Thank God. You know, everything feels good. Um, I love it. You know, like I, I hate it, but I love it sometimes, you know, like when I'm in there, I'm just like, oh, I'm like, all right. It's the artist's curse, if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. That sounds, that sounds about right. So tell me about this. So this is your first big injury where you're missing time. Yeah. Uh, what was it like going through the curtain for your first match back? So I was like, at first I like, wasn't nervous. And I'm like, that's odd. I'm like, you always get nervous. And I just like, wasn't. I think it's because I was so eager to kind of like get back into it that I like kind of like had all my nerves just like kind of go away. So it was almost like bittersweet too. Cause it was like, Oh, okay. Wow. Like I'm doing this again. Like, Holy shit. Like I thought I was going to be out much longer. So it was kind of like a, Oh wow. That was quick moment. You know, in the first bump, like riding a bike, <laughs> <laughs> Love like it. riding a bike. Love it. Like you missed nothing whatsoever. No, that's no, great. It, I mean, it was cool. Thank God it wasn't anything more serious than you thought it was. Yeah. Uh, it, that's crazy. Like, so this was a, a specific, like, they, they said a woman athlete specifically get this? Yeah, it was just the most bizarre thing I've ever heard in my life. But I was like, okay, sure. Wow. All right. Well, yeah. at, least, at least you're 100. Now, now you're back at it. You're back at full yeah. fourth. You, you have the revenge list. Uh, you know, I have to say, because going back to BCW Queen of North 3, I mean, you did commentary. That was, some, that was the first time you did that, uh, yeah. as I understand it. What was that feeling like for you? that was really cool yeah it was really cool to be on the outside and kind of call the action and kind of know like what the what they're thinking you know as an actual wrestler like it was very interesting and I really enjoyed it you know like being able to watch the talent and see you know what essentially for me it was watching what I'm coming back to really you know like what's out there what talent is out there what's scouting the competition yep Yep. 100% but it was really it was super cool experience you know and I and I I definitely did enjoy it you sounded like a natural on there, no joke. And I understand afterwards, after the show, I found out you guys didn't have head stacks. Uh, and that place did get pretty loud. It, yeah, it was hard. I, yeah. Uh, I remember having one of my first shows like that, too, with uh, with Putty at BWF. 
where my headset went out. And it, it's so hard. If you can't hear, if you have to have that chemistry. Like, luckily, me yep. and Putty I have that chemistry doing the podcast yep. every week. And like, I was kind of figuring out, kind of guessing and guessing mm-hmm. right most of the time what he was saying. But you never worked with Cheyenne or Green Man before. Nope. Like, you know, so how did you adapt to that aspect? So that was just, I mean, I'm, I don't know if it's just me, like as a person or my character, or whatever it is, but like, I'm very like adaptable. Like, I'm very quick to like lights, camera, action, go. Like, I'm just mm-hmm. that kind of person. So I think the like the most struggling it was was like you said where you can't hear what the other person's saying, so you kind of have to like you know be close. <laughs> and you, and to... you can't say what you can't say it <laughs> as much exactly. as you want to. <laughs> no, you're right. There was a few moments I was like, Mm-mm. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I got nothing. You feel like you're like, like a club. You're like yeah. what? Huh? Yeah, <laughs> I like it, I like it too. <laughs> it was so bad, but it was really fun, and I we we had good chemistry. It was really good. No, that, that's that's awesome. You know, you you actually uh, we we talked beforehand too. You you asked me a little bit about advice because you know mm-hmm. I, I I've had my experience with it too. But you know uh, your your boyfriend Rob Williams yeah. of Bob Culture, he's had quite a bit experience himself doing commentary. Did he give you any advice? Oh yeah, absolutely. He gave me a bunch of you know pointers and tips and all that stuff, and it was it was cool to kind of. And I remember us like kind of having a conversation like that where I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I was like, I'm asking you for help with something that you do. Like, this is kind of cool. Like, you know, like outside of my pay grade, as he was said, it's not my pay grade. That is, you know, that's something that he's really, really good at. And uh, it was cool to kind of get like help. And he did. I mean, the things that he told me to do were like so spot on, like little things, you know, so. Could we see one day Vicious Vicky and Rob Williams on a, on a commentary booth together? It actually did happen. <laughs> it did happen. Oh my god, I'm behind an eight ball here. <laughs> it was Titan. Titan's um Blunt Force Trauma show on Mob Fight TV. Me and Rob did do the show together. And I was a crazy person, so I'm just warning you now. If you watch that, because my mic was so close to my mouth, I sounded so much louder than him. And I was just I was like very like LaGreca y. Like I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> yeah, oh my god i remember two putty sometimes gets on me like oh, i get too much in the mic and i'm in my yeah. I'm my heel character my heel voice coming on it's like dude stop yelling in the mic <laughs> it's pretty loud it gets pretty loud in there <laughs> i just use it as part of my gimmick dude i'm just like putty you, you you do this to me that's why yeah yeah exactly <laughs> no so it was speaking, fun though it was really cool speaking of heel and face work uh you know when we worked together at bwf you, you were a monster heel you, yep. you were you you just radiated that heat you were fantastic at it uh and then w- when we worked together at titan for that one show uh that was on uh you know you were going through like a face turn mm-hmm. i was going through a face it, it was a weird thing how has that transition for you been working as a face do you enjoy it more or is it still like a work in progress for you so if i'm being completely real there's no cooler feeling than people loving you so much and and just like the fans just like are so good with me and they, everybody loves me, thinks I'm so cool. And I'm like, why? Like, you know, but, um, it totally, totally full blown turned, you know, I'm definitely like I'm over am, you know, um, I made a comeback to Invictus and, uh, did a little something there to make my mark known and Invictus. I came back and I was a major heel there when I left and it was like, welcome back, Vicky. Like your problem was like, nice, nice. But I loved, I did, I did like, if I had a pick, I liked being a heel. I think I was, that was my uh, true forte. And I was like, oh, I like, being, like being a bad guy. Cause like, you don't, you don't interact. I don't interact with anyone. I just, 
right old school heel right. you know no, so. heel heel work is i i enjoy it the most like i i still feel like i'm still trying to find myself as a face uh yeah. aj panel sometimes i'm like i'll i'll, I'll show him a promo it's like, he's still just tone it down that's how your, i am your face yeah, yeah. you know but, but you know you know what i think about you though because you do get the pop and i, I have to say uh, working as a face is not easy right uh because it, it's being healed is a lot more fun i think a lot of people would say that uh <clears throat> and like you know i i think people especially like you see like in wwe for example like you know when a heel turns faces a lot you know the smiling's going on a lot of high fives and and, yeah. and it's, it gets pretty cheesy and no one really likes doing that uh you i've seen you be yourself like mm-hmm. I, I feel like you haven't really changed as far as a like, character or who you are based on like you know being face or heel and you still get that emotion from the fans that like, you know what management is looking yeah. for uh and i have to say that that's amazing like if you can get over as a face as you were as a heel i think then you that you yeah. are the goods you are doing a fantastic job yeah thank you uh, so like I have to ask, what's your secret? <laughs> <laughs> what's in the secret sauce? What's in the secret no. sauce? Give me some advice here. I need it. <laughs> so I think what's worked for me for so long is that I am myself. It's not, and it's not like, you know, pull the curtain back. We already did this whole whole interview, which I, I, I do appreciate that. But that's the thing is that I'm just me. No matter where I go, no matter what I do, no matter what gear I have on, no matter what promo I'm cutting, like, I'm just me. It's like, this is what you get. This is Vicious Vicky. Um, the only thing you might get out of me as a face is obviously the structure of the match is completely different. And I want your sympathy when I'm not, I'm kicking your favorite person's butt. Like, you know, but it's, it's like just being myself and sharing my story and just, I connect. I feel like I just connect with people. Like how I felt with Lita, like, you know, I didn't know much of her story, but like the way she looked, the way she carried herself, I wanted to be her friend. I wanted to like know her. Me, it's like, I have this outlet now, like social media, where we can share everything and we can be ourselves and do all these things and people see the real person and it's like it's on a gimmick you know like I'm just this tough ass bitch who's trying to make it you know like and I just do my thing whether you like me or not I don't care like you know yeah you you know you always keep it very real and I I have to say like even like you share things about yourself that not many people have the have the courage to you know you 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 talk about your highs you talk about your lows and and your journey is very inspiring so like you know when you when you have to be a face like i think it's easy to get behind you uh that way and then of course like you you do enjoy being a healer you worked out very well as well so if you want people to hate you you can easily turn that on too but switching gears here instead of me praising you uh we have to go to bcw july 30th bcw anniversary five fifth year anniversary so the last show you were doing commentary now you're in the ring for the first ever it was announced today the empress of anarchy match uh between you eve surreal bonesaw brooks and britney blake yes how do you feel about this match going into it do you even know when the empress of anarchy matches do you know what you're getting yourself into i have no idea um (laughs) i'm always very like i said adaptable like hey we'll figure it out We'll, we'll get the w um you know i Edith Surreal is on my list. She has something that belongs to me too. So that's another person. You know, I think this will be a great match. I think it'll be a good story to tell. But, you know, I'm I'm on a mission, man, you know. So I always tell these girls, I'm like, watch out because I'm on a mission here and don't get in my way because it will be vicious. <laughs> but it. I have no idea what to expect. I don't. Um, I only worked Edith. Um, I haven't worked anyone else. 
Um, so it's, it's interesting. And I've seen, I've seen them all work. So I know what they're capable of. They definitely, what they bring to the table and all that stuff. So it should be a really, really a solid match. I, they all, all four of you women are badass competitors. I mean, you multi, multi-champion. Edith Surreal obviously carries that weight with her name. Uh, Brittany yeah. Blake just coming off MLW. Bonesaw Brooks, suplex machine. And then, of course, the, you know, the, the whole aspect of the match itself. It seems like it's pretty much an anything-goes type of yeah. deal here. Uh, you know, you say you have your eyes on Edith Surreal. You know, she's on your list. Uh with that being said, if, with her being on the list, do you feel like you may have the blinders on to Bonesaw and, and Brittany here? I don't think so. Um, it, it it could go either way. You know, I, I could be just so fixated on that, which is okay. But I also know that, like, when I'm in the ring, it's competition time. It's, it's, it's you know, best woman wins. So I think, I think I'd be able to keep them both, keep them both on and ready. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Keep your head on a swivel. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Well, Vicious Vicky, I am looking forward to that match. I'm looking forward to anniversary five in general. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Second BCW show of the year. Back. Better than ever. It is, it is really exciting. I am very excited. It's and, been so uh, long since, you know, since anything. And that just, it, it's really cool to see everybody too. Because I remember when I first came to BCW in like 2019 or 2018, whenever it was. Um, super green, blonde hair. No. Super different. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy, but. You were working yeah, more no, like I'm a excited. ballet at that point, even, I think. Yeah, I had a match, but I was super green. I had a match against Vanity. That's right. But, yeah, but I, uh, yeah, I was a manager for a while, but I, um, I kind of look back and I'm like, that's crazy. Like where I was then to where I am now. Like, it's all about your journey. Your journey has been incredible. And I, I feel like I was there towards the, towards the beginning of it, seeing you at BWF, seeing you BCW. And just like, you know, from then to now, it's just been outrageous. But I, I knew there was something special about you when I first saw you in the ring. And just, just to see that rise, man, has been incredible. Uh, you, I am a huge fan. Vicious Vicky, always have and always will be. And I am always grateful for your time on this show. Thank you. Unfortunately, that is all the time that we have here for Hollywood's Corner. Vicious Vicky, thank you for coming on. You're always more than welcome to come back here. Where can they find you on social media? Yes. So my handles are at Vicious Vicky. There's a couple underscores in there, but I'll always pop up. Um, Facebook, uh, Vivacious Vicious Vicky. And then <clears throat> I have a link tree um link in my Boom. instagram bio which has all other fun stuff that you can just figure that out so yeah <laughs> awesome awesome once again thank you so much for coming out best of, of luck and the empress of anarchy match still finding out what that is in the meantime yeah it will be fun though in the meantime back to you putty for tv takedown it's time for this week's tv takedown Thank you, Vicious Vicky, for another great interview. Good friend of the show. One of the things I was curious about was her comeback, and she definitely went into detail about that. And, of course, her upcoming match at BCW's fifth anniversary in the Empress of Anarchy match. She will go against Brittany Blake, Bonesaw Brooks, and Edith Surreal. Again, BCW's fifth anniversary, shaping up to be a can't-miss show. It's also interesting to hear how she had to get over the face because the vicious Vicky I know that I first met was a heel through and through. I think it was one of those things where she won the crowd over based on her talent and her ability. Looking forward to seeing her in action, back in the ring, in person, again, doing what she does best. So thank you. And my former co-host did bring up a good point, though. The last BCW show, Bob from Bob the Culture's podcast, took a picture of me because he wanted to nominate me for wrestling 
fashion icon of the week. But yet somehow, for some way, Vicious Vicky always seems to be in the winner's circle, either by herself or with other people. Hmm. And they say 2020 was rigged? Come on. Anyway, moving on to why we're here, money in the bank. On paper, it seemed like it was pretty decent. The money in the bank ladder matches seemed pretty good. Both women's championship matches should have been interesting. Theory versus Lashley, I was curious about. But the match I was looking forward to most, the Usos going against the Street Profits. And holy shit, dude, that was an excellent match. Usually when I watch wrestling, I'm watching it on my TV, laying on my couch. And of course, like most people, I'm on my phone, playing games, checking social media, and whatnot on other apps. But I barely touched my phone during this match. It went 23 minutes even. Second longest match of the night outside the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Dude, I was into this match. The fans were clearly into this match. There's a lot of double team moves, a lot of finishing moves, a lot of false finishes. This was a really good match. And the fans reacted to everything, as did I on my couch. It was probably one of the best tag team matches in WWE in a recent memory. And spoiler alert, I'm going to put it right here on my short list of match of the year for the Putty Award in six months. That was a phenomenal match. If you missed it for some reason, there's a lot of good matches tonight. Uso is against the Street Profits. Definitely check out. And again, it's a match we've seen before. This isn't a first-time match. This isn't a dream match coming to fruition. We've seen this match many times on Raw and SmackDown, but there was something about this match, something special. 23 minutes. It was great. And then there was a controversial finish where they replayed it and Montez's shoulder was off the mat. But of course, the referee was out of position. He was covering the other shoulder, which is an interesting end to this match. But I'm all for this because obviously the next logical step would be a rematch with some sort of stipulation at SummerSlam. And if they can roll this back again, I'm in. I never shot away that Usos are probably one of my favorite tag teams. Street Profits are my second and them together. They just have great chemistry. They work very well together. If you make a list of the top five tag teams in the industry right now, they're definitely, definitely in it. If not top two. The only other three I can think of are the Good Brothers on Impact. And you have FTR and uh, the Young Bucks, who I'm not really a fan of, but you got to respect what they do, over at AEW. But there's those two, Street Profits and Usos right now, I think, are hotter than the other three. Definitely check out this match. I thought both Money in the Bank ladder matches were great. Very entertaining. A lot of good spots. Everybody seemed to get their hands on the briefcase at some point, especially in the women's. I think everybody was able to touch the briefcase in the women's. The fans really seemed to be into it. Big pops. A lot of chance. And of course, going to the women's, Liv Morgan. She was a fan favorite, sentimental favorite. She was someone I could see winning, but I didn't think they would pull the trigger yet. I didn't think they would give it to her. Going on a storyline with uh, Becky Lynch. I'm very happy they didn't give it to Becky Lynch. This is what Money in the Bank should be about. Said it last year. I think I was talking to Vacant about it in a previous episode. I feel like the Royal Rumble should not be won by main event people. If you want to give that spot a guaranteed WrestleMania main event to a main eventer, it seems kind of redundant. But okay, I can get behind that. But Money in the Bank, that should be given to someone who's on the cusp of breaking into the main event picture, which is very hard to do. And they've done it tonight. Liv Morgan did a great job, well-deserving. Theory, once Theory was announced as the mystery random eighth person, which I thought it was weird they had seven people, not an even number. You kind of had a feeling Theory was going to win. And it made sense. Of course, a lot of people are hating that Theory won. I already saw some comments on Twitter. But he's a heel character. You're supposed to hate that he won. He's Mr. McMahon's protege. 
They mentioned it numerous times tonight, and that will add it onto his resume, give him more reaction, more heat reaction going forward. It, it, it works. It makes sense. I'm interested in this. I think he'll do a great job of it. I am kind of biased here, being full frontal here. He was my one to watch in 2022 on the 2021 Putty Awards. So I have been following him, and he's done a great job in the first six months of this year. I'm looking forward to the next six. The last couple of weeks, they've been saying how what a great opportunity it would be for SummerSlam. Last man standing match, Brock Lesnar against Roman Reigns. The winner of that match is going to be wiped, is going to be gassed. What better opportunity to cash in than a man who won a last man standing match? But going to something that Vacant kept talking about last episode was long-form storytelling. Liv Morgan just cashed in tonight. I don't see them cashing in the other briefcase in four weeks. Especially since the fact that the plan right now is Roman Reigns versus The Rock at WrestleMania 29. And what better way? I mean, th- <laughs> there is Mr. McMahon's protege, the chosen one, right? He's, he's doing a great job. He's very cocky, very arrogant, very smug. He did a great job tonight with Lashley. I thought Lashley would kick his ass. He held his own. Almost won numerous times. So Theory's killing it over there. But what better way to inflate this already inflated ego than cashing in at WrestleMania against, say, The Rock or Roman Reigns? WrestleMania 29, Los Angeles. Right now it makes sense. That's when you cash in. What better way? Have him holding on to it for what's the time frame now? Seven months? But again, both women's matches were good. But Liv Morgan cashing in tonight. I thought about it, especially when she was asked when does she plan on cashing in, and she said right now she's going to concentrate on celebrating. Maybe WrestleMania sounded good. And then when Ronda Rousey hurt her knee, and she was favoring that knee, she was selling that knee big time. Like, all right, especially after she won, Liv Morgan has to cash in here. And lo and behold, she did. But they also kept mentioning for the last two weeks, three weeks, women's cash-ins are 100% effective. So when Ronda Rousey had her in the ankle lock, I'm like, oh no. Was this foreshadowing? Did they keep mentioning this because Liv Morgan is going to be the one who isn't able to successfully cash in? Progressing her storyline of not being able to break through? No, happy they didn't do that. Happy they went the, the, the route that they did. It just seemed like the way Ronda Rousey gave her respect, gave her the championship, held her hand, and gave her a hug. Are we not going to see Ronda Rousey for a while? Is this her? Is she on a part-time schedule? We'll, we will not see her. For some time, because I thought going into SummerSlam, you want to have Ronda Rousey on the card. So that's when I thought maybe someone would catch it. I was surprised they did it tonight. I'm happy they did. Great moment. I was on the edge of my seat. I'm like, oh no. Congratulations to Liv Morgan. The crowd loved it. The fans loved it online. Nothing but praise. So overall, the money in the bank, I really enjoyed it a lot. Again, the tag team was probably the best match of the night, but both ladder matches were great. Liv Morgan, was what a, what a great moment that was. For some weird reason, you missed money in the bank. You missed a really good show. Check it out on replay on Peacock. But leading up to tonight's Money in the Bank, we had a pretty action-packed week of television. Starting with Monday night, we had Celebrating Cena, 20 years of John Cena. Great speech, very emotional speech from John Cena, who does what he does best, promos. It was great to see him in a ring again, wearing his merch and the John Cena regalia. I did find it interesting how he said he's 45 years old, and he doesn't know when he'll wrestle again. But then the fans, of course, chanted what they normally would chant, one more match. But he retorted with, there'll definitely be a lot more than that. So it seems like he's going to keep wrestling more and more, uh, not more and more, but like more than one match coming up. A lot of people thought this would lead into a theory match against SummerSlam, which obviously did not happen. They went a different route altogether. Did something come up? Did plans change? Or was this the plan overall? Curious to find out. Again, John Cena's probably one of the greatest of all time. He might go down when he officially retires as the greatest of all time. 
and it just shows the impact he has had on this industry that he had people from AEW on Raw giving messages. Daniel Bryan, Big Show, Chris Jericho, The Wizard himself in an AEW locker room chewing a video for John Cena. That was a cool deal. Tony Khan, props to you for allowing them to do that. You didn't have to, but that just shows, again, the impact John Cena has. I posted on my social media SummerSlam 2011. I officially became a John Cena fan. I was one of those guys who's like, Cena sucks. He has five moves, whatever. I'm not interested in John Cena. But the John Cena shirt, the bright red one, was the only one of on my size. So, boom. I became a John Cena fan. Haven't looked back since. Looking forward to him coming back in some capacity. There's got to be a match against him in theory somewhere down the road. Hopefully, maybe at WrestleMania. They had a nice interview segment with Cody. Good to see Cody again. Looking forward to him coming back. I really hope it's not nine months. Really hope it's not nine months. Hope it's a surprise appearance, maybe the Rumble or something. I'm a big fan of Cody Rose. I'm happy to see him back. He's been killing it. Those three matches with Seth freaking Rollins. I'm hoping he comes back sooner or later. What was my match of the week was Nikita Lyons versus Mandy Rose. Whew. What a fun match to watch. Obviously, two beautiful women, of course. That's what I'm getting at. But the match itself was pretty fun to watch. So, again, mentioned last week, NXT doing great things over there. And this coming week is going to be Bash of the Beach. Card looks stacked. Looking forward to it. Tuesday nights, 8 o'clock, USA Network. I'm at the end. Cameron Grimes whipping Braun Breaker into the turnbuckle and did it again. And the turnbuckle snapped off, which clearly had a you know, gimmick. But the bruise and bump on his arm didn't look gimmicked. So now Braun Breaker's injured going to Bash of the Beach. Does that give Cameron Grimes the edge to win? Or does Cameron Grimes finally get his call up to the main roster when this is done? But my biggest takedown of the week. Mentioned it last week with Christian Cage's in-ring promo with Tony Schiavone. I said it was better than MJF's. Still stand by that. And the follow-up did not disappoint. Let's hear what you got to say. Tony, I was asked by upper management... If you'll just give me a second. I've been asked by upper management to come out here and apologize for the insensitive remarks I made last week about Jungle Boy's family, more specifically when I singled out his father. Now, I've never apologized for anything anything I've said or done my entire career. That being said, Jungle Boy, I'm sorry, your entire family isn't dead, and they had to witness... What the hell is wrong with that? that And they had to witness me end you in that ring two weeks ago on Dynamite. Actually, let me clarify. Everybody in your family, except for your mom, Jungle Boy. Beyond the pale, that is... Classy as always, Detroit. Classy as always. Listen, the only thing this scumbag city has going for it is that you're close to Canada. Now, you Motor City sweat hogs might be wondering why I'm standing out here in street clothes when I requested a match this week. Well, it's simple. I requested a match, but I never said it was for me. Amazing. Christian, one of the best right now on the mic. And that line about Canada was fantastic. Detroit does kind of suck. I was in Detroit for WrestleMania 23 at Ford's Field. John Cena against Shawn Michaels, main event. Yeah, it wasn't a pleasant city. Not much to do. That's when Green Man decided to drunkenly take a stroll down a back, dark, dirt, dingy alley. 
and me and our friend John decided not to follow him. We just had to take a long way and went around the block like smart people to see if he came out alive. And thankfully he did. But then Luchasaurus came out, not dressed in green, dressed all in black, typical heel character. So I guess Christian did get to him, hit that, hit that choke slam with, uh, what was named Serpentico on the floor. Dominant showing by Luchasaurus. Looking forward to what he does now under the guidance and tutelage of Christian Cage. And what does that mean for Jungle Boy when he comes back? So invested in this. Anything else AEW does doesn't hold a candle to what they're doing with Christian Cage, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus. This is the hottest thing right now, in my opinion, on AEW. You know, I jokingly said Nikita Lyons versus Mandy Rose is match of the week, but you got to hold up Chris Sabin against Frankie Kazarian in a match that on TV won 17 minutes, 45 seconds on air, which means it went over that with commercial breaks. Excellent, excellent wrestling match. If you like wrestling matches, this is a wrestling match to watch against two great veterans. I saw someone said on Twitter, this match was longer than any singles match Frankie's had on AEW. But just shows you when he gives someone a chance, what they can do. These two guys tore the house down. The match that lived up to the height. So again, if you missed that match, Frankie Kazarian, Chris Sabin, Impact. Definitely want to check that out. And wrapping up TV, the most anticipated debut in modern history. Max Dupree finally was able to debut the Maximum Male Models. Um, props to him for calling out their former characters. You know him as Mace, but now he's Massey. You know him as Mansoor, but now he's at Mansoir. Does that mean I'm Pude? Give me some sort of weird circle accent over my, the Y or the D, whatever. I'm in. This was amazing. Did not disappoint. I know people are shitting on this online on Twitter, but I don't know why. You know what it is. I'm looking forward to what they can do as a tag team in the ring. And the point of this segment is the what looking forward to next week. I'm looking forward to the tennis line collection. Next week, we'll get Maximum Male Models showing us this year's tennis wear collection and i am all in on this maximummalemodels.com official website definitely check it out soon they'll be taking applications and my my resume is good to go i'm ready to go i'm ready as soon as that opens up i'm hitting send i want to be a maximum male model with max dupree but moving on before i say something i'm going to regret again money in the bank was trending all night tonight but something else that was trending all week was a huge announcement. Ariel Hawani at Ariel Hawani. Logan Paul has signed a deal with WWE. Logan Paul just announced on his Twitter. Per sources, is a multi-year deal to compete on multiple events per year. No return date is set, but could be next month at SummerSlam. Miz would make a lot of sense. Additional details per sources. Deal includes undisclosed number of premium live events across 2022 and 2023. He'll likely, I'm told, have his first big appearance at SummerSlam, but could be on TV before that. Sean Slate at Slate underscore S42. WWE shifting away from indie darlings and more towards celebrity fighters and sports athletes, it seems. Valerie Lorda. Lorita? I don't know. I apologize if I butcher that name. And Logan Paul being the most recent examples. Calling it now. Colby Covington will be next. The ultimate heel. Ross Tweedle at Ross on Wrestling. I'm on board with Logan Paul signing with WWE. At Mania, he proved he's not only as natural, but also invested in what he's doing. I can't believe I'm tweeting this, but here we go. And I think what Ross just said there encapsulates what we're all thinking. The Paul brothers are depicted as douchebag assholes. YouTube darlings that fell into a shitload of money, then for some weird reason decided to go into boxing, which they were pretty damn good at. And then he made an appearance at the WrestleMania this year, and... Impressed a lot of people. 
even before WrestleMania, people were saying this was a natural fit for him. He's a natural heel. He belongs in the WWE. And here we are. I remember when it happened, the Miz turning on him was because they wanted to give Logan Paul a face reaction. And now pairing him against the Miz going into SummerSlam, I think it was confirmed. Or if not, it's going to be confirmed on Raw this coming week. Makes sense, of course, storyline-wise. But I don't know if they're going to get that face reaction for Logan Paul. And I don't think they're going to give a face reaction for Miz either. I'm looking forward to how the story plays out in the next couple weeks. We have four weeks till SummerSlam. He has to be on TV before that. Either in-ring or pre-tape video package. But this did come as a surprise to me. I know I haven't heard anything. This was in the plan. This is what's in the works. They did that segment on Raw. Where they showed Miz, Logan Paul training. And Miz covered that they're going to reunite for SummerSlam. So I should have thought about that then. But boom. There was, officially, at the headquarters, behind the logo, signed the contract with Stephanie at Triple H. Then he posted the video on social media how he's not going to team up with The Miz. The reason he's signing the contract is to come after The Miz, leading to this match at SummerSlam. They have a lot of trust in Miz, pairing him with these celebrities who aren't wrestlers. And now he's going one-on-one with them. This should be good. Miz does a great job with these guys, and this should be a good match. I'm looking forward to Miz versus Logan Paul at WrestleMania. At SummerSlam, and like Ross just said, I can't believe I'm saying that. Huge get for WWE. Mainstream media coverage all across the board. You saw tonight on Money in the Bank. They were recapping it. I'm sure there's a lot more they missed. And again, Logan Paul's a perfect fit. I'm just waiting for his brother to come in. His brother was the natural heel on the WrestleMania pre-show. He seemed to be in character, or was or was he just being himself? If that was not a character, I could see why they want to sign him, but I'm assuming the writing's on the wall here. His brother, whatever his name is, will come Jake. Jake Paul, right? Yeah. Again, it took me to WrestleMania to realize there's they're different people. Jake and Logan. I thought they were the same person. But I can see the Paul brothers in WWE, man. Maybe uh Logan versus Jake at WrestleMania like they did with the Hardys at WrestleMania twenty five, huh? That would get eyes on the product. And listeners into their podcast, whatever the name of it is. But outside Money in the Bank, that was really all that was trending this week. So let's get into some go-home thoughts. It is 4th of July weekend. Hope you guys have a fun, safe, healthy 4th of July. I don't know if I mentioned it on air before, but I'm not a big 4th of July fan. Never never really been. Remember as a kid, fireworks were cool. My parents would go take me to see them in person. The Macy's fireworks display from a Queen's viewing point. And after like a couple minutes, I was like, all right, can we, can we go home? I mean, it's the same shit over and over again. But now we have people in my neighborhood here decide to think they're in Macy's employees and now set up fireworks all hours of the fucking day and night. First of all, why why setting up fireworks during the day? That makes no sense. I mean, if I had a time machine, (laughs) I would hope the family fathers would sign the Declaration of Independence, maybe say January, where it's colder and people don't want to be outside. But the food's good. Burgers, hot dogs, chicken wings. Ah, One thing I can say about 4th of July, the barbecue food is Always on point. So hope you guys have a healthy, safe fourth. Hope you guys enjoyed Money in the Bank. Thank you for listening to me ramble on by myself here in studio for another solo show. I asked my former co-host tonight, did he want to come on to talk about his girl Liv Morgan not only winning but cashing in? I got no response. So if you're the two people waiting for my former co-host to come back, don't hold your breath. If you listened to last week's show, Green Man has yet to answer Vacant's challenge. It's weird, no, Vacant beat him in trivia. But the last two times he was here, he's challenged Greenman again in trivia. And Greenman has just ignored him. You would think that was the other way around. You'd think Greenman beat him in trivia and Vacant's trying to get the 
revenge, but no, vacant's the winner. He's a champion, and he wants to defend against Green Man again to prove that he's the best, but Green Man's talking to him. Saul will keep you abreast on that situation. Again, the show is from the fans to the fans. We are, I think we still are, the official podcast of BCW. Anniversary, July 30th, pregame to SummerSlam. I mentioned it earlier with Vicious Vicky, the card is stacking up. We have Luscious Latasha going against Vanity against Demarius Dawkins in a triple threat match. Vanity trying to make her way back to the title picture. I mentioned it earlier, Empress of Anarchy match. Edith Surreal, Bonesaw Brooks, Brittany Blake against Vicious Vicky. Blonde Force Trauma will defend the BCW Tag Team Championship against the Hex. The War of Words is already raging on social media. You definitely want to check those out. The Red of Ron Hunt going against the All-Father, the longest-running BCW champion, Darius Carter, as he worked his way back to the title picture. Ruthless Lala defends the BCW Women's Championship against Riley Shepard. Tickets are still available, but they are going fast. July 30th, Ridgefield Park, New Jersey. And our good friend Jimmy J. Lee hosting a SummerSlam watch party at Hooters right after BCW's 5th anniversary at East Brunswick, New Jersey. $10 admission, which include all raffles and a chance to win two free tickets to a future event. I heard something that there will be transportation provided from BCW's event to the Hooters event. So definitely stay tuned to social medias for more information on that. If you want to spend all day in New Jersey pre-gaming and enjoying SummerSlam with a bunch of rowdy wrestling fans. But that's all for me, folks. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you follow us on social media, Shot of Wrestling, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you want to send us an email, inbox at shotofwrestling.com. Any questions you want to ask us or any comments, any more interviews you want to hear my former co-host talk to, any special guests you want to hear, guest hosts on the show so you don't have to hear me talking to myself, or if you just want to get involved in the conversation. Your comments and questions can be read on a future episode. Again, that's Shot of Wrestling on all platforms. But that's all I have for you folks this week. So for Vicious Vicky, I've been your host at Buddy. Until next week, party out. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha, 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 but I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>